Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I'm here with Matt. Yes, hello. And uh, this is it. This is the Game of the Year podcast for 2022. In case you have never been here with us before in the previous years, we made top 10 lists of our top 10 favorite games of the year, and we take turns going backwards from 10 until we get to our uh, games that were number one. Uh, generally, if we share a game that someone else mentions, we will say what place we had it at, and then we will uh, just both talk about it in general. Uh, in previous years, generally, we at least have one more person. This year, some stuff is going on that's making it so we have to record at a different time. Um, and two of the people who I would normally ask, I know, did not beat 10 games. So, Oh, wow. I I Nukio did not. Scott. I'm pretty sure uh, Scott would have, I think, but it's like in the middle of the week, so I didn't ask him. But oh, Willie okay. did not okay. uh, beat ten games either. I was gonna say Scott. But, that would be shocking, but like, no, I, yeah, it's Scott, more the time. It's a weird time. Yeah, Scott definitely did. I would say Nukio and Willie did not. I mean, maybe I'm disparaging Nukio, but I don't think he did. Well, if he if he did, he'll let us know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm fa- I'm fairly confident in saying that. And Willie, uh, maybe if he like yells at me and tries to say a bunch of weird random bullshit that I would never count counts, uh, <laughs> is what he usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't even ask anymore. Uh, yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna do this game of the year podcast this year. I, I don't know. Like looking back at it, I feel. Not like bad, but it just, I don't know. So this was a weird year for me and video games, I guess. Like, I think really good games came out. And when I look at some of them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that a lot. But I don't know. None of them like really, I, a couple of them I feel very passionately about. But like, other than that, I don't know. I don't have anything that I have like a burning passion for. But it, yeah. I had an easy time building a top 10 list this year. Yeah, there was one. I, so there was one that i was like oh man i gotta get down to 10 and then i cut one where i was like eh, i don't know but i mean like anytime you can get like easily get like 10 games i think it at least says it's a good year there have been years yeah, yeah. where i'm like i don't even care what the back three are yeah but i mean i also i only had to cut like three games one of which i hated so like you know uh yeah there were a couple that i i that I felt a little bad about, but like, you know, I'm, I'm generally happy with my top 10 list. So yeah, no, I would say that. No, I, I think, I don't think it was a great year. I think it was, I don't even know if I'd call it a good year. It was all right. All I know is next, this coming June, final fantasy 16 and street fighter six come out for me. So it's, it's looking all right. Dead space is coming out in just a couple of weeks. That seems so crazy still. (laughs) so but yeah no i think the things that have been announced so far are very cool yeah yeah hopefully uh 2023 will be a better year than 2022 yeah although i think for us person in our own personal lives 2022 was a great year yeah so no fucking way sorry oh they just put up information about the new inazuma 11 game again uh, I'll have to watch this later. That's really funny, and it is definitely not even close to what it was before. Because originally it was supposed to be 
the original game's characters, but with some new ones from this most recent anime. Instead, it has characters in this art from literally every Inazuma 11 game, which is actually impossible (laughs) because they didn't even exist in the same time or universe. Anyways, what if it's like Inazuma All-Stars? That is what it looks like, but yikes. This game's been in development hell for so long. I'd Oh, three whole minutes. I'll have to watch that later. Damn. Ooh. Merry Christmas. Manny's bringing the stream back. That's fucking really funny. This looks so weird. Characters that I really like that I was like, they'll never be in this game are in this game. Cool. That's dumb as hell. Okay. Uh, but anyways, this is a game of the year podcast. Yes, it is. I bet Inazuma 11, whatever the fuck this is called, Victory Road of Heroes, will not be in my top 10 list of good video games that I enjoyed. Uh, it might be on there as a game I enjoyed as a sicko. I but, think uh, you're being ambitious thinking it's going to come out next year. Oh, I am. They say hey, more information is due out February. So yeah. maybe they'll be like, we're finally canceling it. I think it this would is be... just all this is just all our previous marketing material. There's a possibility it gets released in Japan, but in North America as well. Oh, yeah. Well, they had said this would be the first time it would come out in North America. That is zero percent. Zero percent. It's only going to come out in Japan. Okay. I can almost guarantee it. If it even comes out in Europe, I would be shocked. But like, yeah, oh no, yeah, Japan only. hundred percent. hundred percent. Level five, like close their U.S. offices. A long time ago, like secretly. <laughs> so oh, cool. Um, so I guess you're yeah. gonna have to have that uh, brought in then. Yeah, I will import that. Uh, but anyways, we're here for game of the year. Yeah. Do you want to go first for ten, or do you want me to go first for ten? I can go at number ten. Uh, All right, do it up. All right, my number ten uh, is not a new game, uh, but it's a uh, Forza Horizon Five, uh, the Hot Wheels expansion. Mm. Uh, so I, in my heart, it's probably a top five, like game experience I had this year, but because it is just an expansion of, you know, Forza Horizon five, I couldn't put it any higher than 10, but I at least wanted it on my list because I, if I'm being honest with myself, it is definitely a top 10 experience I had this year. I I just, you know, I, as you know, I just love playing Forza Horizon. I just love that series. So, so of course, right off the bat, I'm going to love this game, but I, I just think they did a great job integrating the Hot Wheels into that map. You do have down below, just like the standard, just driving on the, uh, you know, on the continent. Uh, but where the game truly is enhanced is driving on those Hot Wheels tracks where you're just like, like, in the air driving around on you know orange tracks and remember there's that one that's a, a waterfall that i think is really cool uh there's the mm-hmm. track that's all ice there's the magnetic one where you're you're able to just go like over 200 miles an hour and you're driving upside down that's that's awesome as well shit uh, uh did you play much of this game or no i did i didn't play any of this expansion no what yeah sorry what why you bought the I expansion pack I own it. Look, I don't know. I and you would have it loved it. What the fuck were you doing, man? Well, I can still love it, Matthew. Yes, there's still so much time in my life mm-hmm. for me to well, do. Well, you it. better play it this year because you're gonna love okay. it. Well, the, maybe I'll play both this and whatever the next one is all at once ah. and just be overwhelmed by love. Uh, the weird thing about that is they'd probably be two different maps. Oh yeah. So, uh. I, you know, if you're bored sometime, play this, Manny. I didn't realize you never played it. So. I did not. Um, 
you love the first you loved you know forza horizon 5 like i think you're gonna even like this more oh yeah i would almost certainly like this uh so so i I, there's not a lot to say it's an expansion pack to you know a game that's basically the same game every time but i still love them so Mm -hmm. uh so what is your number 10 uh, my number 10 is Ali Ali World. Okay. Um, which I did. It has two expansions now that I did not play. I believe they're both on sale for the like PlayStation holiday sale. And I have a bunch of credit still. So I might pick up both of those. Um, I don't know. Like I, I was excited for this game just because of the, you know, the really fun art style. It looks a lot like the art style Pendleton Ward uses in Adventure Time. Um, but it gives it like a really unique looking identity whereas the previous two ali alis were more just like super weird pixel art this is more just like a cartoony style and it also went along with the fact that like it's not as like brutally difficult and like punishing as the two previous games are it's more like yeah i mean like you can like fuck up tricks and stuff but you're not gonna like not be able to keep going or like if you're not super super good you're not gonna be able to like literally not be able to unlock new stages um because i'm not very good at ali ali but i was able to at least beat the game and do some of the challenges uh and then like they do have weird things where you can go back and do more but i just like it feels good to do those tricks it feels good to like uh make the motions with the stick and like grind and do all that stuff it's also neat because they made it so that the stages are like a lot longer and like more explorable like they'll have you pick between certain paths like you take an upper path uh sometimes that's like more difficult that'll have like more hard tricks uh so you don't try not to mess that up but it'll give you a better opportunity for more um a higher score Uh, And then there's like you can pick up like weird quests and shit where people will be like, oh, my God, grind the six monkeys or like weird shit like that. And so it adds a little bit of replayability to some of the stages. Um, And then you can like unlock weird clothing and things, new boards and stuff to give to your your guys. And they're all really like fun and colorful things. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I like it. It was an interesting thing where it like kept what Ali Ali was while simultaneously like reinventing it to make it accessible to non-hardcore people i guess i would say just like normal regular video game players uh and i think that's that's very neat and it worked really well i didn't know what to expect like i really liked the way it looked but some as someone who like tried the previous two i was like i don't know maybe this won't end up being as cool but it, it definitely did work out i think um i played it on ps5 which didn't really change much i think it's on everything i think it's even on switch uh, but it's definitely on ps4 and xbox one as well pc literally whatever uh but it's fun i liked it a lot Uh, yeah it's one of those this is definitely one of the games that i regret not playing and i will definitely get around to it yeah Um, i do think once i kind of sit down and play it i will end up really enjoying it just because i like skateboarding games i like platformers i like like just like 2d side scrollers so Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think this will be right up my alley once I sit down and play it, and then I'm like, God damn it, it would have made my top ten list. So, yeah, I still think it's funny where it was like I would figure out how to do things, and I was like, Well, that's weird. The game never told me that. And then like five hours later, the game would be like, Here's how you do mm. this thing, and I was like, Well, I beat you to it, my guy. <laughs> but it's 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 kind of cool that like you can just like do it on your own before the game explains it to you. 
uh, if you like figure it out or whatever. So and, and were you just kind of like playing around, just hitting buttons, seeing like, oh, what happens if I do this type of thing? Yeah, just like fucking around. Like the main thing that I figured out beforehand was using manuals to like continue the combo. Mm. And it didn't give me that information until like way, way later. And I was like, oh, well, made sense to me. I've played Tony Hawk. I, I, I was going to say that just makes sense because <laughs> Tony Hawk. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where it's not quite like Tony Hawk, where it's like you're really using it to like expand the combo. It's more just like, you know, you're always moving forward, sort of. So it's it's just a weird, weird thing. But I yeah, I really liked Ollie Ollie World. So that was my uh, my number 10. Sorry, just taking a quick drink. Uh, my hey. number nine is uh, Mario and Rabbid Sparks of Hope. Mm. Um, I. I like XCOM style games. I like XCOM and I, I like the original of this, uh, the Mario and Rabbids, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I do think it's a step back, but I, I think in a lot of ways, the game did make some great changes and additions. I, I, I like the spark system that they added where every character would have a couple different sparks and you could really kind of customize each character. Yeah. Uh, not to mention like the team customization. You were so limited in the first one where you had to ha- it always you always had to have Mario and you always had to have a rabbit. Uh, this time they got rid of that and you could have full team customization. Uh, I think I think it just made it more fun that I didn't always have to have Mario in my team. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I also think they did a good job with balance and like pretty much every character was viable. Uh I don't think either of us particularly liked Bowser. No, yeah. But Bowser had its moments, and he wasn't, like, terrible. I, no, he wasn't terrible. It's just not the way I played right. generally. Uh, you you generally played, like, with, like, the same three, right? Yes. Uh, just because of the way they did the experience where everyone leveled up regardless if they were in the battle or not. I, I just kind of bounced around and tried everyone and like at different points and just constantly was just flipping around between different characters. Uh, and I never really had much of an issue, you know, through the game. So I, I think it, it, it does show that the game was well balanced and you didn't really have to kind of like, you could play it like the way Manny did, but you could also just kind of use whatever team you wanted. So. Mm-hmm. I also want to give a shout out to the ending, and I do think the last like few battles, especially that final battle, was it was something incredible. Oh yeah, I liked those last few battles on that last world. That was probably my favorite part of the whole game, which I think is really interesting. I think it might be my favorite of the the whole series, the, the, especially that last battle where like all the characters are combined. Uh, yeah it's just a weird thing where it's like usually i associate the last battle and strategy games like that with like awfulness mm-hmm. uh because it's just like obviously it's trying to make it like a, it's the final challenge so it's like super hard or like really punishing um but that i don't know it just felt like i you had more strategic freedom because you have more of the characters out there whereas like i literally was reading the opposite about the final level of midnight suns where everybody's like this is so long and awful mm. and if you lose and have to do it again i want to die <laughs> it was basically like what every single thing i read about it was and i was like well at least rabbits didn't feel like no that. rabbits felt like just like <laughs> rewarding and just great so yeah Oh, uh, that's another game I want to check out, but it's one. It's just like I'm not going to beat that by the end of the year, so I'm not going to rush. No, yeah, that one. yeah, exactly. Uh, so number some number nine is uh, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Mm-hmm. For me, number nine is one of the rare times a mobile game will make this hot list. 
uh, and I put Marvel Snap on there. Um, I play Marvel Snap literally every day. It is a simple Marvel-themed card game where you have 12 cards in your deck and you have three lanes similar to like a League of Legends-style MOBA thing, except that you can play four cards in each lane. And I don't know, it like works in a way that I wouldn't expect because each lane is like a random location that has random abilities and they get revealed over the course of the first three turns and then sometimes you might have to react to whatever it is and pivot your strategy. So it's like interesting to try to people try to build decks around specific like locations, which doesn't really work. Uh, sometimes like certain locations, there's events where they have like a higher chance of appearing like a 60% chance or something. So you'll see them more often, but generally it's just, there's like a shitload of locations. They add a new one every couple of weeks. They add at least one new card every week. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's just like I like getting more cards. It's one of the few card games where like I actually get ideas about like what things would synergize and work together. Uh, the current deck I use is pretty good and has a bunch of different pivots I can make. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just I actually do like it and find it to be like a fun, simple card game. The matches never take longer than like five minutes. Uh, and even at the, their longest, the turns are all timed. So I think it would take five minutes at max. Because uh, if the other person doesn't respond within a certain amount of time, it forces the turn to end. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting it to grab me. And I think the card art is very cool. It does suck that that's the way that they're like doing the monetization for the game is by like doing cool alternate art cards. And that's where they're charging a lot of money um but again that's just cosmetic because you'll eventually unlock all the regular versions of all the cards and they do the same function it's just they have different art so you can show people like i'm cool with my alternate art card uh so that doesn't matter at all really but it's it's neat and i think they are they are really trying to learn it's one of those things where it's weird because they it's the same thing with hearthstone where like sometimes you might put out a card and you have to balance it. And like, what do you do in that scenario? Uh, do you like refund people, the resources that they potentially spent to get that card or whatever? And it seems like the answer in this is yes. Uh, if you like spent resources to get that card, you get refunded those resources when they get nerfed, um, which is a good, it's a good way to do it. But yeah, they, they are very like vocal in their discord and stuff. Like they really work together with the community to see like if certain things are working and not working. Uh, it's surprising. It surprisingly works very well. So I hope that it continues for a long time. Do you see yourself playing this for a long time? Uh, yeah, the, like I, this is, this will be my, I'm almost on my fourth month straight of playing it. So, uh, cause the, this current season of the silver surfer ends in a couple days, I think. So do you, I mean, are, is there an opportunity for a lot more Marvel characters to be added or? Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's hundreds and hundreds of Marvel characters. And like this has some of the most obscure bullshit I've never heard of, like Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl, which I guess is like a new fucking weird comic book. Um, but no, yeah, like, I mean, there's not like 90 percent of the X-Men are in it or, oh, like, okay. you know, all kind. You could have hundreds and hundreds of additions to this if you wanted. I have a Nick Fury card autographed by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> They gave that out for Christmas, so that's cool. Merry Christmas. Nick Fury's not a great card, but I think that that's a, that's a funny thing. A funny alternate version of that card. 
Uh, so yeah, my number nine, Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number eight, it's a uh, triangle strategy. Triangle strategy. Yes. Um, if you remember, I was really frustrated with this game, and I was just struggling. I was like suffering through the the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like little by little, the game started to click with me, and then finally, I just like I just. I be, I just became obsessed with it. Uh and, and like I think the narrative finally was like heating up and uh like I I kind of came around to a lot of the characters and how they played and just the overall structure of the game where it is just it it's it's turn-based but it's just like a weird turn-based. It, I I don't know, there was just a lot of, about it that just at first it just turned me off. Uh but I I once the the story kind of started heating up around like kind of like slavery uh and then just kind of like drug trafficking essentially what is drug trafficking yeah uh that's that's when the game finally clicked with me and and i just became obsessed with it and it got to a point where there were characters i liked in the the in the story but like i i was just i kept using them in the gameplay because i liked them in the story even though it was like hurting me type of thing mm, mm-hmm. uh, and i do think that that kind of speaks volumes to the the strength of the, the the game's narrative so it does uh no i i mean on its surface it probably is just another uh japanese tactics game you know it's you know, it, it was three different houses kind of a lot like um Oh God! Was it three houses? Um, what's the Nintendo franchise? Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Kind of like Fire Emblem Three Houses. So this had like the three different uh, empires essentially, and uh, they were all kind of like backstabbing and you know working together, gaining alliances, and, and then backstabbing each other. So I, that that stuff was interesting to me. The the politics of everything. Uh, the individual storylines with each character and then just kind of leveling up each character was very rewarding as well. I spent a lot of time just doing mock battles, getting more experience just to, just because I genuinely enjoyed that, the, the combat. Uh, so no, uh, triangle strategy, uh, you know, solid number eight. So uh, I think, it was a great year for the Switch, I just want to say. I, I Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and these are just two. Right off the bat, I have two in my top ten uh, you know, Switch mm. games. So, great year for the Switch. So, speaking of Triangle Strategy, I have to say this, because I knew that I would not like the story Ooh. of Triangle Strategy. Right. And ten, ten days ago, Jeff Grubb tweeted, is there a mod for Triangle Strategy on PC that removes the story? <laughs> and the responses to it are... F- fucking awesome like i just love when people are like you don't like a switch game must have an xbox an xbox fanboy like bro what the fuck i will not defend that story it is rough to get through no it is and that's what most of the responses that make sense are like oh yeah you're at the beginning like that shit's rough in the beginning uh but boy People are just like, I wish I could remove you from my timeline. Is there a mod for that? Like, yeah, don't follow him. I, I, yeah, I was like, just going to say, just, just don't uh, go on Twitter. You, you, your life will improve, I'm sure. So It's it's really funny. That I just saw him tweet that, and I was like, oh, boy, he going to catch flack for this one. Jeff Grubb, what a guy. Uh, I, don't, I don't. That also doesn't seem like the kind of game he would like at all, because he's not a fan of story and video games, really. So, like. That just seems like not something he should play. Uh, anyways, 
I'm glad that you like triangle strategy. Yeah, I really. Yeah. I don't know if Nuki. I wonder if Nuki ever beat it. I don't think he did. I think he got pretty far, but I don't think he ever. He beat got it. pretty far. Yeah. I also, you know, I don't know that he beat Xenoblade either. He definitely got near the end. I'll have to ask these questions. These hard hitting questions. Uh, anyways, my number eight is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Speaking of the Switch. Oh wow. Uh, Kirby games are boring as fuck usually. Mm-hmm. They're like made for tiny little babies and they're so boring, even though they're so colorful and like fun looking uh, until you get to Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And then a majority of the plot is about like weird eugenics and a post-apocalypse. And you're like, is this allowed? And then also sometimes, you know, Kirby swallows a car and becomes a car. I, for the first time in a long time, usually each Kirby game has some weird gimmick. This is the first one in a long time where I was like, you know what? Sure. This one's okay. I, I will take Kirby not being able to swallow these huge objects and then he's just wearing the he's a skin suit on a vending machine or a boat. I, I don't know. It's very weird and like that gives you a bunch of like weird opportunities to like go around and shoot soda cans as a vending machine or like blow yourself around as a giant boat fan. Drive around as a car for some reason. Um and I mean, even outside of that, it does the thing that I think a lot of Nintendo games are good at, where it's like if you just are on the main path, it's like easy and simple. But then if you want to go outside of that and like find all the weird hidden Waddle Dees for the Waddle Dee village and get all the extra stuff, level up all the power ups and things like that, then it, it is much more fun that way and a little bit more challenging. And I mean, also, I didn't even get the true ending, which has you like revisiting super long way harder versions of every world and then there's like the super difficult tournament things where you like fight meta knight and all the bosses in a boss rush mode where they're stronger and things like that and that's cool i mean also just the the aesthetic of like a weird overgrown modern human society the kirby's there i thought was really fun and weird um and i know people are always like oh every kirby game ends up being like a weird horrific uh like Cthulhu-esque nightmare and that is true most of the time that is the case uh and this is no different except that there's like weird eugenics involved and you're like Kirby you can't do that uh and then like I last week I talked about the bizarre ending where he eats an 18 wheeler <laughs> and has like a Dragon Ball Z-esque power struggle with the final boss and it just it's just <laughs> a weird game but it is definitely also the first Kirby game in a long time where I was actually like <laughs> invested in it. I think Kirby's Epic Yarn really damaged me to the Kirby brand. Uh, where it was like one of those things where it was like I got to like World 7 or 8 and was like, holy shit, this is never over. And also every stage is excruciatingly boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one is fun. And like I, I do constantly think about going back and finishing up the rest of the the ending just to see uh, what the what the true ending is like where I like fight the weird lion king man um but yeah kirby i was i was very surprised like i remember seeing the trailers for this and being like oh this looks cool and then getting it and actually being surprised that i did enjoy it as well because usually kirby games end up burning me pretty quick so yeah i was shocked that you liked this game and then i it's not shocking now that it's in your top 10 list, but it, I I was really shocked back when you were first playing it, how, how much you were into it. 
Yeah, which I was not expecting that either. So, because I, I was just like, man, you're crazy buying this. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like you're just gonna play it and be like, why am I playing this? Like, I am not enjoying this at all. No, yeah, I beat I beat my boy Kirby. So they're very good. And that's uh, that's my numero eight. My number seven. Uh, now getting to the Xbox is Infernax. Uh, Infernax. Yes, uh, the the uh, Castlevania Simon's Quest inspired game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where, like, in a lot of ways, it does feel like an NES game when you're like like moving around, jumping and attacking. Yeah, yeah. But there is just something about it that just kind of works. I don't know if like younger kids who didn't play platformers would enjoy this. Uh, but if you can kind of get past that stuff, it, there is just something about it that's just incredibly rewarding. Uh, I I I think it had a great it did a great job with just kind of like the leveling up and getting gaining experience, just exploring that uh, Metroidvania like two D side scrolling world. Uh, I I will always praise a Metroidvania that uh, just kind of an old school and more like old school styled one where you're so close to dying. There's just so much pressure, but if you can just make it just like one more screen over, you think just one more screen over, you can get to that save point, get, get all your health back. There is just something about that. That just kind of like drives me in these kind of games where uh, it's so high pressure, high, so high stakes. But then like you, when you finally get to that save screen, there's just like this release and it just it just feels so rewarding. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think that's the big reason for me why I like the the Metroidvania games, and I think this one just does it extremely well. Mm. Uh, so uh, there's not a lot to say uh, if you're into Castlevania games. This is you know like old school Castlevania games. This is this is a a really good one of those. I don't know if it's still on Game Pass, but it was on Game Pass earlier in the year. It probably still is because these uh, usually the indie games will last at least a year. So I would definitely recommend checking it out because I don't even think it took me very long. Probably fewer than 10 hours to beat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And I I think also what really kind of spoke to me is this game was just completely unexpected. I hadn't heard of this game. I just kind of downloaded it because it was on Game Pass. And I just became absolutely obsessed with it for the the couple weeks until I beat it. So uh, number seven is Infernax. All right. Uh, So far, Uh, we haven't had any crossover. That is true. Uh, And we will continue that right here. My number seven is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, What do you mean? That's my number four. (laughs) I figured it would be. Uh, Another Switch banger. It is uh, the third and final of the Xenoblade Chronicles trilogy. Um, I I don't even know what to say about this game. It is a very good open world game uh, that is like surprising because like I don't know. Monolith is just good at figuring things out and then developing the wildest shit you've ever seen. Cause like Xenoblade Chronicles was for the Wii. Um, and then it, they ended up trying to port it to the 3DS, which is like a really weird misguided thing that made it somehow worse. 
Uh, and then it, they eventually just like completely remade it for the Switch, which ended up being pretty good. But like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was like pushing the Switch to its limits back when it came out. And like if you played it in handheld mode, it was like the worst looking and running thing you had ever seen. Uh, but then if you did it in docked mode, it would still be OK. Whereas they like somehow made Xenoblade Chronicles 3 look better and run totally fine in handheld mode, even though it is like more expansive and has better graphics. Uh, so like Monolith can just figure that kind of stuff out. But um, the reason that I ended up having Xenoblade at number seven on my list instead of higher is because I really liked the beginning and the ending. There was a large portion in the middle where it just feels like you don't really advance the main plot. And that is because a lot of the game is just weird side plots where you um, you are basically just like it's doing what a lot of modern RPGs are doing, where you uh, every character can be like any class in the game. And while I do think that is cool and everybody loves Final Fantasy V, which was like really one of the first JRPGs that ever did that, I am now getting like tired of it. I would rather just have a character that is a specific archetype and like build them up that way. But like I'm playing Chained Echoes right now and it also has the class changing system. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, every character has a class system and they can they can totally change over. And like it is cool that you can make any character into anything you want, but I don't know, especially some of the stuff in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, where it's like you can change all these tiny, minute details and go into all these tiny menus for like not a lot of reward or like it's not worth it necessarily. Like I know a lot of people just ended up being like click the equip best like optimization for each character because it's such a pain in the ass to go through the accessory menu and things like that because you just have hundreds and hundreds of accessories that are not organized in any meaningful way um that said it does have very strong characters and i think it does a good job of ending this trilogy of games because this game is the combination of the worlds of Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it pays that off pretty well. And they have a very good opportunity for the each one so far has had a story based DLC thing that's like 15, 20 hours. This has an incredible opportunity if they decide to go into very specific parts of the story with that. Um, and I'd never played the one for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but people say that it's like better than the main game. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's a very good open world JRPG that is like most modern JRPGs that are open world, probably more expansive with more systems than it rightly should have. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of tutorials for systems that you're introduced to in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is like comical at a certain point when you're like 45 hours in and they're like, hey, guess what? There's a new system. You're like, how? How? How is there? <laughs> My, how is there some other gameplay system that has not been introduced yet? My problem when you get too many systems is just like you forget that they exist. No, yeah, and that that's why like a lot of the things like you can customize these characters so minutely that a lot of it ends up being like not necessarily worth it. Right. And so that that's one of the weirder things, which that was also criticized in a lot of the reviews where people are like, yeah, you can do so much, but like, why? Mm-hmm. And maybe that is different for like if you're going against like 
some super secret boss or something like that but you know that's like a one thing at the end of the game or whatever so it's not really what most people are going to be going for but uh yeah it is it is very good i still appreciate that they do the localization at nintendo of europe so they're all british that always makes me happy for the the english version of the game is when everybody's british but no i i really liked it and i bought the season pass so when the the rest of the dlc ends up coming out i will play that because i really want to see the story-based dlc portion of it and since then i think they've added the first and second wave of dlc which is a bunch of like story not story a bunch of like challenge fights and things like that and i i don't know i really like the combat as well so they they did a good job of like balancing how weirdly long everything took in two and like the simplicity of the first game and like finding a interesting middle ground which is ironic because the game is both of those games worlds combined find the best of both worlds uh but yeah my number seven xenoblade chronicles three uh i think we're finally gonna have some crossover manny okay uh my number six is pokemon violet Mm, interesting that is my number four okay uh i don't this is one of those games that you play and you're like I don't know why I like it. I yes. can't say it's good, but I I can't stop playing it. I'm still like this week, it's the primary game I've been playing this week. I just keep playing it. And all I'm doing is just running around and just doing those, uh, those raid battles, the terror. Raid oh battles. yeah. I, I don't even know why I just, just enjoy being in that world and just kind of just running around and kind of collecting Pokemon that way. And just kind of like fighting things and, uh, but kind of getting more into just the main game. I mean, like this game, they did try some new things. They tried an open world Pokemon game. And I think in a lot of ways that, that did, you know, make the experience better. Uh, I was able to just kind of like right off the bat, as soon as I could get into the open world, I just started exploring and I just started looking at different Pokemon. And before I even like, before I even battled a single person, because like you don't have to battle with anyone unless you engage with them. And I, I also love that mechanic. Yes. I like that as well. Uh, because I was able to just kind of build my entire team, my team of six that I was like, I liked the six. And then I started battling people and then I started doing the gyms and just kind of like going through the actual story. So I just like at the end of the game, I just feel way more attached to my six than I ever have in pretty much any other Pokemon game other than probably when I was younger and I just didn't fully understand Pokemon and I just had a deeper appreciation for like the Pokemon themselves. Yeah, yeah. I this game is weird because I think if it was a different developer than Game Freak, I would be much more excited about this game because it is one of those things where it's like I like this game a lot. Mm -hmm. But if you see like the logical like, oh, they're going to fix these things or like it's going to be an improved version of this the next time, it would be incredible. It would be an amazing game no faith that they will just be like oh we'll learn the lessons from this or whatever or like you know because they always end up like removing certain features for no reason and like they never seem to take the right lessons of like oh this was like a cool gameplay design change throw that out the window so it's one of those things where it's like 90 percent of other developers like the next the follow-up to pokemon scarlet and violet would be like the best one ever but i i don't have faith that that's gonna happen 
Um, with that said, I still did really like this game, and it's one of those things where it, it's why I put it as my number four is because like I did enjoy this game. Right. Like I played it for like eighty hours. Like I didn't do anything else. I stopped playing God of War. I just played this. Um, and it's because I did, I, I, they did make smart decisions. I think the open world aspect of it works really well. Uh, obviously they could have more things to do in the open world or whatever, uh, or have it be like more geographically diverse or whatever. But I still think that it is a cool concept that it just like works. It is like taking the wild area that was in sword and shield and like blowing it out to a whole game basically. And like, it's one of those things where whenever someone says like, Oh, it's an open world game. I never know what they mean by that anymore. Like, is it a true open world where I can go anywhere and like do anything in any order? And in this case, that is true, which blew my mind because it just seems like the kind of thing that they would not do. Like, obviously, yes, there should have been things like level scaling for story battles and things like that that didn't end up making it in there. But I I don't know. Again, Game Freak is just a bizarro company that makes weird choices. Um, I do still think the game was, like, structured well. Yeah, it definitely, like, it's one of those things where, like, they're trying to funnel you through specific areas. It just... It, it depends. It doesn't always work super well. Like, I know for a fact that I completely missed one of the gym leaders, and then I had to fight them last, and they were, like, level 20 or something, and I was like, oh, boy. Which one is that? I think it was the fairy one. Because uh, the last one I did, it was, like, tucked in, like, the lower, like, the the south the southwest corner where yeah like, I th- that's the one too and it was just like uh, i don't know there for, to me there was like no logical path to go there unless i was like specifically like oh i gotta go there i see I, I tried to go there a little earlier in the game i went through that tunnel and everything was so like over leveled i was like i'm gonna uh, have to come back to this area later but then yeah. when i came back way later i just demolished everything yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, maybe they could have done a better job of, like, gating the exploration through the upgrades of Miraidon or something, but I don't know. It's it's hard to do with a fully open world like that, I get, and, like, it just is one of those things where it's like, yeah, if there was level scaling on the battles, that would make more sense, but then maybe that makes it too hard for like new and experienced players or something. I have no idea what the thought process is. I'd be fine with just like no level scaling until you hit, like until you finish the game and then everything level scales after that. Yeah, that would rule. And I would take that, but I don't know. And yeah, like I, this is a, one of the times where like, I like almost every single new Pokemon design. I think they're really cool. Uh, with the exception of like just a small handful that I think are dumb. Uh, But yeah, it's one of those things where also I think it helped a lot that I didn't spoil myself on every one of the Pokemon before going in because it's one of those things where you'd see a new Pokemon and be like, holy shit, what is that thing? And then you just go over there, catch it, and like you're like, I don't, hopefully this evolves. I don't know. What does it do? What does it turn into? Uh, And like, I love that feeling. So I'll probably continue to do that going forward. Um, I also loved like the battling and just being like, what is this? Like, what is this? Yeah, like someone will throw out a Pokemon and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck this thing is. So then you're just like guessing, like, you're like, maybe it's fire. So I'll use this water type. Like, I, I found that fun. Like, it took me back to like when I was a child and I wasn't just like super knowledgeable about every single Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, so, 
it does. I just think overall that it works pretty well as a game, like outside of its just awful technical issues that they claim they were going to fix, but it's still been a really long time since they issued like a patch for anything about that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I know we've discussed it, but like, oh my God, if they had an actual like game, like if an actual studio worked on this game, like would like considerably better graphics and a better art style. This could have been an incredible game. It could have. And like, I, I still did enjoy my time with it. I will love when the DLC comes out inevitably that adds more to it. I I will like that. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. And it's one of the the only two Pokemon games that I have ever hundred percented that uh, the other one also having come out this year. Uh, yeah, it's just it. It is a weirdly it 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 sucks that it is so fucked up. <laughs> it, yeah, it does because <laughs> I I still think outside of that, if you like, I still think Let's Go is better. But like, if we're just talking about new mainline Pokemon, this is probably yeah. my favorite one since uh, Pokemon X and Y. Mm. Uh, definitely my favorite one on the Switch. It is definitely my favorite one on the Switch as well. So so. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I just like I'm like, oh, I love this game. And then I think about how much of a bummer it is that Game Freak is the developer behind it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Now I'm kind of curious. (laughs) I remember we did a top 10. We don't have to do it right now, but like I'm just kind of curious. I remember we did a top 10 Pokemon games. I, I bet this would make it into the top 10 somewhere. Yeah, I bet that's true. I just like I like it a lot. Like yeah. I had a lot of fun playing it and like even doing shiny hunting afterwards and stuff like that. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, I bet like we don't I'd want to sit on it a little bit more, but I, I bet it would definitely make our top 10 list. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I think that's that's fair. So no, uh, Pokemon. Uh, we both played Violet. So Pokemon Violet mm-hmm. and uh, Fox Scarlet. So Yeah. Uh, Scarlet has the old past Pokemon. Yeah, that's boring. Which some of the oh my god, as I was trading them with Nigel, it's, he would send one over, and I'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, because I, I, I just I hadn't even looked those up. Like, Magnemite, like what or Magneton? It just has like a weird like Afro thing. I, I don't fucking know, man. I don't even know what that looks like. Now I I have to look it up. Yeah, Paradox, Paradox Magneton. And you're just like, what the fuck is this thing, man? It's just like Magneton with like sort of like magnet legs. And like, it's not actually hair. I bet it's supposed to be metal shavings because they're magnets. What in the hell am I? But it just looks so stupid. Oh, that's great. I know, like, some, he would send over some of them, and I'd just be like, are you shitting me right now? Uh, Paradox. Yeah, I'm into that. But then, like, the uh, Paradox Mischievous, I do like, and uh, Paradox uh, Salments, I think, is a redemption for how awful Mega Salments looked. Oh, uh, man, I am a big fan of Brute Bonnet. <laughs> the amungus <laughs> oh see and like that's the other thing why did they all get cool unique names mm-hmm. 
in fucking Scarlet, and then we get these. What is it? Just like uh, an iron butt, or like what? An iron stupid thing. Iron hands. Iron hands. Oh, iron moth. Yeah, slam. But no, I I do the pet. Some of the past forms are very cool, like a Jigglypuff being a fucking vampire. Why? Why not? Why does it look like that? Why not? That's the that's the true way. But yeah, when he sent me Magneton, I was like, what are we doing right now? I've never I've never in a million years would I have guessed this is what this would look like. Uh so yeah, I again that was your number six. That was my number six, even though and I had to suffer my... through that story at the end. <laughs> and that was my number four. So, no. Uh, Pokemon Violet was great, so Yes. And, and I then, I was not excited about that game at all going leading up. Yeah. Just just being stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh what is your number six, Manny? My number six is Splatoon 3, continuing my Switch trend. Oh. Uh I like it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've talked so much about Splatoon that I I don't know. I Splatoon three. We we have talked at length about across mm-hmm. eight hundred podcasts, but it's just like I don't get it. I don't know why. I didn't really like the first one, and the second one didn't really grab me, and then the third one, I'm just like oh, I must play it all the time. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like I'm excited that it's going to keep getting updated because then I'll just be able to go back to it every so often and have new content. And uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, it's Splatoon. I, I, we have a very I, spoilers. It's my number five, so it's literally what okay. I was going to talk about next. Uh, so I, I, we have a very similar situation where, like, I didn't like the first one was cool, cool concept, but didn't click with me. The second one, I didn't even try. Uh, but then I decided to give this one a try, and I just became obsessed with it. And I, I don't know why. You got into the uh, the single player, which I never really, I didn't touch yeah. too much. Uh, but there's just something about a, it's a quick three minute match. You're in, you're out. If if you have a bad game, oh well, you had one bad game. It was three minutes. I uh, and then like the teams get reshuffled, and you know you you try again. I I never I never got too frustrated with the game, uh, which I always found that I would uh, when I'd play like games like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think part of it is just like. I, I feel like even if I'm not getting a lot of kills, I can at least be helpful for my team where I'm just kind of just kind of I'm a lot of times just looking for, you know, those those like small nooks and crannies and just trying to like stay out of the action where like in Call of Duty, I'm, I'm looking for the action where this I'm, I'm try- looking to avoid the action so I can try to paint as much of the map as I can. I I I. I, I'm sure a lot of people are just saying like, well, yeah, that's Splatoon, but the first two didn't click with me and this one did. And I, I mean, t- so, so that is why it is my uh, number five. So. Yeah. Splatoon. Great. Splatoon. Uh, so then my number five, which I thought about this for a long time, uh, is Pokemon Legends of Arceus. Okay. Another Switch title. Uh I don't know, man. Every, people turned on this game in a way that is upsetting to me because I really liked it. But it was the first thing where it's like, oh, they're actually like trying something different with Pokemon. And it's not going to be for everyone, but it did work out for me because I have a weird checklist brain. 
Uh, so it's like one of those things where, you know, you actually move your physical trainer around in 3D space and you can roll around and dodge and like you throw the Pokeball at Pokemon uh, and then you can fight them if you want and it goes into a regular style Pokemon battle, but it doesn't have a lot of the mechanics and things from more recent Pokemon games. Like there really is no held items. They don't have abilities the way the stats work is a lot different. So it ends up being like really heavily based on weakness, uh, type weakness and speed. So like you can make certain moves have the speed type. So they do less damage and, uh, go first, or you can have them be, you know, they, you won't be able to go for uh, someone will be able to go twice in a row, but you'll do a lot more damage with the heavy type. Um, so it makes it like there aren't that many trainer battles in the game. So then like when you get to the back half of the game and you're like trying to hundred percent it and you get trainers who have like full teams of Pokemon, that shit's hard. And it's because it's like the way the battles work is not like a regular Pokemon battle. So it ends up being like a weird revenge kill fest if you don't have the right types of Pokemon. But at least it makes it challenging. Um, and I know a lot of people who are like Pokemon for the battling did not like that portion of it. And that's fine. I get it. Uh, but then who thought that I was going to have like a weird Dark Souls-esque battle with Arceus at the end of that game? Not me. Like, why am I dodging? Why is Arceus trying to kill me? Why am I, like, dodging around and, like, throwing shit at him? It's very weird. Uh, but I I did end up liking it. It's interesting because it takes place way in the past. Your character comes from the future and is sent back in time. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a bunch of characters that obviously wouldn't you would not know from previous Pokemon games or anything like that. And it had the sweet Hisuian forms of certain Pokemon some Pokemon that deserved evolutions got them, like uh, Stantler evolves into Wordeer, shit like that. Alternate forms of Sneasel, you know, Sneasler, everyone's favorite tall boy. And I liked all the Pokemon designs in that too. Like Basculegion, it's just like tons of dead Basculin ghosts. You form into this one huge, cool Basculin ghost. <laughs> I like that. They're just the, the they only added like six or seven Pokemon, uh, but they're all cool. Uh, alter, another alternate evolution for Scizor or uh, for Scyther Cleavor is super neat. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like they made Pokemon into an action game that just like happened to have the framework of Pokemon battling in it. Um, and while it was not a true open world game, they definitely were like testing ideas that they were then going to go and do more with in Pokemon Violet. And they did not keep all of the quality of life things from Legends Arceus for Violet. But what they did keep, I think I were things that I was very glad they kept. Like the fact that you can just change your fucking Pokemon's moves is the greatest thing ever. Like, not having to go fish Love Disc to get heart scales and find some dumb fucking NPC. Like, Arceus did that, and I love that. That is, like, my maybe my favorite addition that they did, because it's just, like, there's no reason why I should have to, like, go through all these fucking hoops to relearn these moves or whatever. And then in Violet, they actually took it one step further, and if you ever taught them a TM that they don't know anymore, they'll relearn that as well. Oh, they! I didn't realize that it goes that far. That's awesome. Yeah, that 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 rules for Violet at least. Um, yeah, I don't know, and it's it's one of those things where it's like it gave you a reason. It was always weird to like 
you know, in the show and stuff, they would catch like 17 Taurus, like when Ash went to the Safari Zone. There's like no real reason for that unless you're like trying to breed a competitive Taurus or look for a specific nature or something. Arceus gives you a reason to do that stuff by having like specific goals with each Pokemon in the Pokedex. And like, because it's all brand new, they're like trying to do all these things to research it. Like what does it do if it does this many moves or like if it fights this many Pokemon, things like that. And I really, I really like that aspect of it. And that seems to be the part that most people did not like, but um, that's fine. Uh, and I'm sure that they will make a second one because it's old a shitload. Maybe it will look less like dog shit. Mm, I don't future. have that faith. I don't either, but it could. It could happen. And I'm still butthurt that this game didn't get DLC. So fuck Game Freak. Because this, unlike Violet, is not a true open world game. It's like an open area game where there were like five semi-large areas. How easy is it to just add two new semi-large areas, man? The fuck? Just go in. Give me some more Pokemans to catch. I'd, I'd do it. Um, but yeah, that is my number five Pokemon Legends Arceus. And yours was Splatoon? Splatoon, which you, we went from six to five. So. Uh, so now we're moving on to my number four, yes. uh, which is Horizon Forbidden West. Nice. Uh, this game could have been my game of the year, uh, mm-hmm. but there was just something about the the narrative that just did not quite click with me. Which I kind of had that concern going in, uh, just because the first one had that like that air of mystery, uh, just with like the story of the world and you know you know what happened to it. Why are we you know why did you know civilization devolve? Also, just the the story of Aloy and who who she was, who was her mother, and discovering all those secrets. The first one had that intrigue. The second one, going in, we already had all that answered. So I was just more curious, like, where are they going to go with the story from here? And the truth is, they went with a very like like almost futuristic sci fi that just did not quick click with me. Uh, it all involved like a clone and then like there were people from space coming to destroy the world to get the 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 resources of the world it just it, i don't know i it's not really what i was looking for from horizon uh but outside of the narrative i do think this is a better game just in terms of gameplay uh i the combat was improved the traversal was greatly uh, improved which i mentioned last week with the the grapple hook a, a glider mm-hmm. similar to uh breath of the wild a machine that you can fly i also think they added uh did a great job adding uh some new machines i love the i don't know how to pronounce it tremor tusk i think it's called tremor tusk it's mm-hmm. basically like the giant elephant that you saw in the promotions mm-hmm. uh there's the slither fang which is basically like a giant cobra machine uh, nice. And then I like the the Tide Ripper, which I I don't know my dinosaurs, but it was like a like a sea dinosaur type Pokemon that you had, or not Pokemon, but like a sea dinosaur. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a Plesiosaurus or something. Exactly. Uh, so like I really enjoyed kind of fighting those new machines, uh, but I'm also kind of thinking like I think the game might have been a little too big as well. I really mm. I thought the first one was like a. You know, it probably took him about 30 hours to complete the game and probably another 50 to 
100%. I put nearly 70 hours into this game and I still have so many more side things. But I don't think those side things are necessarily interesting. It's just more filler for more filler. And I, I don't think... I, I would I'm always going to prefer like a tighter open world over like a more bloated open world that just has more like less interesting but more side content. So Yeah, that's fair. Uh but I, I don't want to sound negative. It is my fourth favorite game this year. I put seventy hours into it. I'm just kinda saying like there were a couple things that I, I didn't like about the game but overall it still was a fantastic experience it was a game i just kept playing uh and i definitely want to replay it uh but i've decided that i'm going to wait until i have a ps5 and then i'm gonna Mm. like uh play it again on a ps5 so Mm -hmm. uh no uh number four is horizon forbidden west okay and then my number four was pokemon violet okay one, two, three. Four. That's five. I had five Switch games in a row. The Switch. The Switch had a great year. Well, I keep it saying did. it. And yeah. of course, I also played, you know, Bayonetta 2, which I loved. And I played Metroid, mm-hmm. uh, the the Metroid uh, Dread, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just a great year altogether. So, yeah. Uh, all right, Manny, are you ready to talk about another game? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, mine. Our... No, I meant uh, that's both. Oh. Our... Because uh, you just said your number four was Pokemon, right? I did, yeah. So we're on to number three. We're now. on to my number three, uh, which is Vampire Survivors. Nice. That's my number one. Okay, wow. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, I, we both just became obsessed with Vampire Survivors. I think at this point you've passed me in gameplay. There was a while yeah. there where I played way more than you. Uh, I was also a little worried that you weren't going to let me uh, put this on my top 10 list because it did technically come out in 2021. Uh, but it did. It came out for real this year. It, it came out for real this year. We played it for real this year. I never touched it last year, so I, yeah. I'm more than happy to put this on my. Uh, top I did. If something I always if something comes out in early access, I don't count that. That's whack. I, I don't know. Like if I. <sighs> If it didn't come out this year, I still probably would have tried to fight to get it uh, just because it came out so late last year. And I, even if it didn't officially come out, I played this enough that I would have wanted it in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like, and I don't even, this is another one of those cases where like, why do I like this? I don't know. It's so simple. Like you don't even have to attack. The game just automatically does that for you. Well, so like, that's why I like it is because it like, it is one of those simpler things where you can turn your brain off, yes. but it's not that there is no strategy. Mm-hmm. Like you still have to worry about your movement to a certain point. Yes. Uh, you have to like worry about what, well, not so much like once you've already gotten all of the combinations and stuff, but like you have to try to figure out like what weapons go, go with other. what power ups to make it so that they can evolve into something else. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to go for certain things or do you not like certain things? And like, you end up making a build or having a character you like, and like outside of that, it's just one of those things where it's like, there is so much to unlock. And like, that's what I, that's what ends up making me like roguelikes. A lot of the time is if there is a reason to keep playing it over and over, like when I feel like there is a ramp of like, Oh, I'm unlocking 
new like levels or new stages or like new weapons, new characters, new things in general. That's what usually keeps me going. And it's Mm. also the reason that I ended up liking Hades a lot is because it's like, you are unlocking stuff, but on top of that, even if you weren't, you're unlocking like story. So there's a reason to keep doing it. Whereas like, it's the reason that I didn't like shovel Knight dig is it just felt like there was no reason for me to keep going through that whole process. Um, whereas like, and now vampire survivors, like I told you I was playing again right before the stupid podcast. Cause I was going to play the DLC, but I didn't, but I saw a lot of new items come up in the roulette thing of oh. like when the chest goes by, and I was like, I don't know what that, any of that is. And I was like, I got to get in there and find <laughs> out what they're all about. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this dude is like some random dude who's like, I'm going to make a video game to fuck off. And he charged $3 for it and put it in early access. And it was like the number one selling game on Steam for like weeks starting last December because people are just like, this game's $3 probably sucks. But then you get weirdly into it and he updated it fast enough for there to be a ton of new content, like at least once a week generally. Um, And then now that it is out, they're still updating it with new content for the base game. They just put out DLC that they're also updating. They are like making it so that it is like on a better engine. They're porting it to a better engine and like he's going to keep going and was able to quit his full time job and like make this his job. So like that's crazy on three slash five dollars when it increased its crazy price or two dollars for the DLC. Like the fact that you can quit your job and start a team to work on this dumb game you made, I think is fascinating. I also think and that's like also it, like winning the indie game lottery. I realize that there are so many indie games and not everyone's going to do that, but that's crazy. I, I, it's also crazy that it got big enough that like Microsoft was like, we need this on our platform. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much that brought in because it was already insanely popular. Yeah. Bringing yeah. it onto Game Pass. I, and also like, I mean, the price tag is so, so low. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think it just kind of speaks volumes that uh, this was a game that it struck everyone. It, it It's just like, why do we like this? We don't know, but we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also do want to just praise you. You spoke like the, the ramp up of unlocking things. I think the ramp up on each like game, like each 30, 30 minute game. Oh yeah. Isn't crazy impressive. Like it, it starts out. It is tough initially. Like, I, but then like it hits that point where you literally become unbeatable until you have to face death at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, uh, there have been points where I just literally will put something on the arrow keys and just have them walking in a direction and just going, and I'll yeah. just walk away for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I'm just like, I don't even need to keep playing this game. I am so broken. I, I will not die. So, mm-hmm. uh, No, Vampire Survivors just so much fun and i can't believe i put 30 hours into a roguelite because i'm always shitting on them mm-hmm. but this is this is one of the few that really clicked with me and definitely my favorite one since dead cells yeah uh yeah. so number three is uh vampire survivors uh manny what is your number three my number three i know will overlap with you somewhere and it is god of war ragnarok that is my number two okay uh another game that i feel like we have talked about at length but 
it just that first the god of war 2018 was yeah. so good and this just continues on that but like builds on it in a meaningful way like it continues that father-son story of kratos and atreus but is able to introduce you to a bunch more characters from norse mythology and incorporate a bunch more norse mythology which is someone who has read a bunch of norse mythology that's very cool to see their interpretations of that stuff uh, and I just think like the parallels of Kratos and Thor as dads works really well throughout the whole thing. But it's like, it's cool. You get to meet Odin. It's cool. You get mm. to fight Thor. Um, but outside of that, it's just like, Hey, you still have that same ax and the chaos blades from the previous game. So like you, the combat is cool, but then they add in the, whatever the fuck the spear is called that uses the magic ring that infinitely duplicates itself to make infinite spears. And that is a really fun addition um, and thing that you can use. But outside of that, like what you have talked about, where there are sections where you play as <coughs> just Atreus and like that being another fun twist on the gameplay, like you can go up there and beat the shit out of them with melee attacks with your bow, but you can also like get upgrades to make it so that they stun really easily with headshots, or you can just keep shooting from afar and like you get different types of arrows, like the sonic arrows to make things blow up or the uh, sigil arrows so that like you can do all kinds of weird elemental combos and like do environmental puzzles uh it just it all works very well and it very clearly was well thought out and put together also obviously it is a huge triple a game with an insane budget so like that's why they're able to do all this stuff but i i don't know i people always say that about triple a games like oh like obviously it was good because it's triple a but the ideas have to come together still like they have to be put together in a meaningful way that makes it good like i th absolutely think there is a version of this game where not all of the side quests and like mechanics and stuff blend together but it does and i mean obviously they already had a solid base previously but even the stuff they added like i think that solving puzzles quote unquote in this game is more fun than it was in the previous one just because there's a greater variety of it and also it still has that same like kind of metroidvania-esque exploration where it's like you'll come across something and you're like i don't know what this does and then atreus or uh freya will be like you don't have the tools for that come back later and then like you'll come back later and there will be a whole new area for you to explore with some side quests and like items and upgrades and stuff and like yeah, overall, I just really like it. I think that my only disappointment with the game is my own fault. And that is like, I just wasn't as satisfied with the ending as I wanted to be. But, you know, not everyone is trying to tell the story that I wanted to see or right. whatever. So that that's fine with me. Like, I don't hate the game for it. I just was like, I walked away from it being like, oh, okay. I was mad. Like, I kept playing the game after that for a while, too. Like, fighting the super hard, like, berserker guys and stuff. Uh, that are the, like the Valkyrie equivalents of this game. And I might end up going back to it to try to do more of that if I feel so inclined, just because I, like I said, I like the combat. I think it is good. I think that the story was good as well. And the performances were very good. Did you see that Christopher judge, the person who played Kratos now has the Guinness world record for longest award show yeah. speech of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It is Good like, I can't remember. It's like seven minutes and 20 seconds. The previous one was like almost six minutes. Jesus. It just kept yeah. like, they kept playing the music to get him off and he just kept talking. It was incredible. Yeah. So he is the Guinness world record holder for uh, longest award show speech of all time. Uh, I but, would love that for him. 
but I, I agree with pretty much all your points. I mean, like, this is a sequel done right. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, like, even just a simple example of a couple games on my, my list that I talked about earlier. I mean, Horizon and uh, Mario and Rabbids. Both of those are games where, like, you can clearly point to things and say, like, it is not better than the sequel or it is not better than the original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where this, I there are, there's really nothing that I can look at and say it's a step backwards. Um, no. Uh, maybe, like, at, with, like, the ending. But I think yeah, the, the, the first one was kind of setting more up. Mm-hmm. Where this was trying to like wrap up, and I always think like wrapping up is never going to be as satisfying as like like setting up. You know, like the dark middle chapter is always the most interesting. This mm-hmm. doesn't really have that dark middle chapter, but it does have like that like ending resolve, and you know the way they resolved it is not necessarily how I wanted them to resolve it, but that's fine. Like I'm not going to fault them for that. No, yeah, uh, but yeah, the combat's you know just as good but then improved in a few ways, as you mentioned. And I, I do mm-hmm. think the character interactions, and I do enjoy that like Atreus and Kratos are not always together. So like those two characters get room to breathe on, on their own as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So we just get interesting combinations with that. So where sometimes it's like your uh, Kratos and, and Brock running around the world or, you know, Atreus yeah, or like and Atreus and Thor or right. Atreus and Sindri yeah, or Angraboda even like it just and they all feel different you know like yes. that's what I think is cool about it uh, so I, I appreciated and that was something that just like it consistently kept happening throughout the entire game it wasn't just like a one-off thing yeah. I, I would say for less than half the game you play as a Kratos and Atreus together yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, because you play as Kratos and Freya a lot. Yes, so. you do. And then, like now at the now the post game, it is just a Atreus. Yeah, it is just, just Kratos and Freya. Freya so. uh, no, I, I really appreciate that they it, it they did some bold things, and I think they all hit. And for that, I I greatly appreciate. Uh, you know, it was a definitely a great game. So my oh, number two sure. is uh, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, so what is your number, number two, three. Manny? Uh, my number two is Neon White. Okay. Which is a first person shooter slash card game slash speed running game. I never know how to describe it. It is basically like you are in first person. You have a specific amount of cards. And if you click the card, they use that type of gun. If you right click the card, it discards it and gives you some kind of a movement option. And it is about going through the stages as fast as possible. And there is like a ramp up where you get certain rewards for doing getting certain medals. Uh, and I technically 100% of the game in that regard where I got the platinum medal on every stage. But then I found out that there are developer medals on every stage and I got zero of those. But also you don't get any reward for getting those. So that didn't really matter. Uh, But this is one where the gameplay is the whole thing. Like the plot is a weird visual novel that is written, I would say, pretty poorly. Some of the characters portrayed in it are fine. Like I talked about how I like the main character, Neon White. And that's pretty much mainly because it's voiced by Steve Blum, who plays Spike Spiegel. And I think Neon White is supposed to be a little bit like Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. But a lot of the other characters are like pretty grating and it's just like a weird like framework for the speed running card game thing to work uh 
and when I say card game, I use that in like literally the most loose sense possible. It's just like the the guns are represented by cards. They they could be anything. It wouldn't it would not change anything. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like I didn't. It's supposed to be one of those games where your friends list is like you're like oh they beat my score. I got to go back and do that. That was not the way I played it. It was more just like I have to get the best medal because I know that I can. Like, I know that it's possible. And it's one of those things where, like, I played it on PC. No fucking idea how you could play it without a mouse. I It would be impossible for me. I would not be able to get those scores with a controller if you paid me all the money in the world. Because, like, the amount of times that I would have to, like, whip the mouse around to actually do some of these maneuvers and stuff. Like, I can't imagine how people did it on a controller. They did on the Switch. And, like... I think it is now coming. I can't remember if it's PlayStation or Xbox that it just just came out for. Um, I think it's PlayStation, but it it just works really well. And like, it's interesting that it is Ben Esposito made a studio and his previous game was like reverse Katamari Damacy, but with a hole, this is like a completely different thing in a way that I was like, that's all right. Sure, man, make a, make a wild thing. Like there, I've never played a game like neon white before. I mean, like I've played first person shooters, but never, I guess the closest thing for most people is probably ghost runner, but I never played ghost runner. What about, um, that EA, um, Oh, mirror's edge. Mirror's edge. Yeah. Mirror's edge is probably a close representation, but like, I, th- I think ghost runner was also about like speed running the levels as fast as possible. Right. In a similar way. Um, but yeah, I, I had never played a game like this before. And I think it grabbed a lot of people being like, what the fuck? Like I was not expecting this game to be very good, but it is, uh, and like, I was going to play it regardless. Cause I just like Ben Esposito and I thought that the concept sounded cool. But when I saw a bunch of people talking about it and like getting rave reviews, I was like, huh, weird. Never would have expected that. But, uh, it did work for me. And it's one of the most like unique gameplay experiences that I just like remember, like, I just remember having, like, a really good time and going into those feverish states where I'm like, one more try, one more try, one more try, one more try to, like, try to get the best medal and, like, best score I could. And it's like, oh, my God, you finally figure out how to shave off that, like, half a second that you never thought you would be able to shave off and, like, get all that done. And I think that's really cool. Um, it just works. And it's a fun game. And that is my number two, Neon White. Neon White. All right. Which we already know what your number one is. You said it was yeah. uh, Vampire Survivors. And your number two was God of War, right? Yes. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, my number one is uh, Nobody Saves the World. I knew it. I knew it was going to be. And did you know last week? Uh, yeah, I figured it would be last week. I am very curious to try to play this game because, like, I... I don't know. I've seen you obviously have heard you talk very positively about it, but right. like I've also seen I had seen a lot of positive buzz about it. Is it still on Game Pass? Yeah, it's still on Game Pass. It is. There was DLC for this, right? Uh, yeah, that released in October, I believe. Did you, did you play that? Not yet. Oh, OK. Just because like there were just October and November were just like such weird months where I just had so many games I needed to play. Yeah, they yeah. just kind of fill out my top ten list. I, now, now I kind of want to go back and just kind of like replay some stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's this game isn't for everyone, but for me, it's the only game I one hundred percented this year. Oh, um, I cannot say that. I, and I think a huge reason for that is just because like all of the side quests and like side challenges were very unique. 
uh, and they're just unique to each character. So it just, it didn't feel like kind of like horizon where I said, like, it was just kind of like the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was just like, one of the challenges was like, you had to transform into the horse character and then you had to race a witch. Uh, So it wasn't just like a combat thing and what you had to do to avoid, you had to use like the horse's abilities to avoid different things and just kind of get, get through it. So it it was just very interesting. And it it took me a few tries to, to do that one thing. And they were just kind of scattered around. There wasn't too many of them. It just, it felt like well designed. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, and I think that's that's kind of ultimately what what did it for me was just a, it was just an open world where you could just kind of run around and do whatever you wanted to do. Uh, you you leveled up the the, the <laughs> you leveled up your main character and your the main character was nobody. Uh, and then, like as you leveled up, you kind of like unlocked new new transformations and di- different forms. So, like there was like, as I mentioned, the horse. There was a, a monk. There was a turtle, zombie. There was a ghost. Just like all these different characters and like, or you know, all all these different like transformations and just forms. And each form had its own ability. And then once you kind of like un like leveled up those characters, you got new abilities. And like then you could take those abilities and mix and match these abilities with other characters. So you could have like the monk, but then use one of the horses' abilities, one of the ghosts' abilities, and one of the zombies' abilities. Um, and so, so there was just a, a, an opportunity to just kind of like mix and match and just try different things. And I, it all just kind of clicked with me where I could see other people. It just kind of just seemed generic, but I love the gameplay, the story. I'm not going to say was good, but it, it was cute and it made me chuckle at times. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this was just a game that I, when I really think about this year, this was the game that I, I was just the most obsessed over. It was the only game that I cared enough to to one hundred percent. I, I, I don't know. Uh, this is this this is definitely my game of the year, and I, I kind of realized that like f- pretty much as I played it, I was like, I don't know if anything's going to top this. I thought maybe God of War, but I don't know. I think God of War's ending kind of like it was just like a slight knockback for me. So I, I ultimately just decided nobody saves the world is going to be my game of the year. Yeah. Uh, I have several things from looking at this DLC page. It looks like it adds two new forms, the mechanic and the killer bee. Okay. Uh, and it, uh, Xbox says that people who liked this DLC also liked the frozen two skin pack for Minecraft. So maybe you need to try Minecraft now. Uh, it sounds like I need to, to try Minecraft, yes. Uh, but yeah, the DLC seems like it's like a new overworld. It's five dollars uh, and it adds those two forms, and uh, you can. One of the challenges is about mini golf. That's all I know from this page. But it, there's more of it if you want that. See, like, and that and that's. I think that perfectly kind of shows what I liked about this game. It was just like so unique, like. You get to play as a mechanic, a bee. <laughs> One of the the challenges is mini golf. It's not just like generic things. Like it's all just like all. It all kind of fits within the game and like the art style, but it is all just kind of just weird and different. So you never quite know what you're going to stumble upon on in this game. Yeah. Uh, so it's so a great exploration, great leveling up, great you know 
just great all around. I really don't have anything negative to say about the game. So. Yeah. I don't know if you would like it as much as I do, but for me, it was great. So No, I think that's great. I, uh, I like to Guacamelee one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this two. is, this is way better than Guacamelee. Hey, nice. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I expected that, and I'm glad that it was your game of the year because you seem to be very passionate about it all of the times you talked about it ever. So that's really cool. Yeah, and it, when you really think about this year, like that being my game of the year, I think is just kind of perfect. Like, just like way to cap off the year that like we had a lot of Switch games in our top ten, which I mm-hmm. think just which hey, nobody saves the world. I think is also for Switch. It, it probably is, but I'm just I'm just thinking about this year as a whole now. We had multiple game, like Switch games, both of us. I think there was like six or seven between the two of us. Yeah, I had five in a row. Yeah. And then I had, so there were seven because I had Triangle Strategy and Mario and Rabbids as well. Yeah. And you know what sucks though? This year is going to be dry as fuck for the Switch probably. Except for Breath of the Wild. I was going to say, they're going to have Breath oh, of the Wild. So. <laughs> and, and you know they're going to have another Pokemon game. Ugh. I know. I know. I know. When two of them were in your top five, they were. But like you know, I know they can't. This year can't be replicated. Like they're gonna put out like a sequel to Legends Arceus, and like somehow have taken literally only incorrect lessons from it, where they like make it suck ass or something. Like I guess that's my question. Do you think that they will put out a sequel to Legends Arceus this November, which would actually give them like a. Uh, I guess that would be a normal that would give them more than the normal development cycle uh, well that they would normally have because it'd be longer than a year I well, what else do they have like they could well, but uh, that's what I was gonna say or are they gonna like remake black and white I, that's what I was gonna ask are they gonna remake black and white because personally I, I wouldn't mind that if they remade black and white Matthew and it sucked I don't know how I would take it it's not gonna <laughs> suck because it's gonna be a Pokemon game. Like, I, mean, I guess that's fair, but black and white are so good. Manny, like we've proven this game, Pokemon Violet kind of sucked. Like, like it was not great, and we still loved it. So I think black would we would. Yeah, but they had never made Pokemon Violet before. That's the issue. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like if they somehow put out a game they already made and it's like worse somehow, I don't. I won't be able to handle it. Too I'll much break. water too much they'll add more water it's over (laughs) oh man well that was a fun one yeah this is the shortest we've had in a long time because we it's only just us it's just the two of us yeah uh which is kind of too bad um yeah it's okay though yeah i always enjoy scott because like he always has these just like wild oh yeah you'll be like i've never even heard of this fucking thing like what are you talking about be Uh like oh i played poppy's playtime v3 and you're like okay and then he's got like devil may cry at like number 10 and then like seven games you've never heard of before above it what are you doing everybody likes their own stuff man that is true uh, that happens um but yeah, I, I have to. I'll have to ask him. I'll be like, "Hey, what are your top 10? And then maybe I'll read it off uh, next episode to see if we'll be like, "Hey, how many of these do you want to bet? How many you've heard of?" Because <laughs> I know he was playing some weird shit earlier in the year. Because they like this year, there was like a ton of indie horror games came mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and I'm so outside of ever being recommended an indie horror game on steam or anything so like i bet i've heard of like two of the games he played or some shit 
it'll be like Resident Evil Village. <laughs> that expansion was okay. Oh, you did play it? Yeah, I did. Nice. The Winter's expansion. The Winter's expansion. I played it with my girlfriend. Nice. Um, which that's another one. I I'm playing the Quarry and I am enjoying it. I don't mm-hmm. know if it make my top ten list, but I'll have yeah. to kind of see how it like how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you want to hear what I bought myself for Christmas, Manny? What'd you buy yourself for Christmas? I bought an Xbox 360 Rock Band guitar. Nice. How much was it? Forty five dollars. Hmm. Off. It was used off eBay. I'm willing, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to you know for forty five dollars, sure. And there was yeah. no, and that was including the the shipping. So. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I, it, I'm I'm set to get it on the thirty first. So. Nice. Happy uh, New Year. 2023 is going to be a weird year, man. Yeah, 2023 is going to be the best year, Matt. <laughs> Getting back into rock band. Time to go. Exactly. Because uh, I figured I like, once you get that, like getting Rock Band, like the games, like Rock Band 1, 2, 3, Lego Rock Band, I can get Green Green Day and then also um, a Beatles. I could get those six games and they're all probably like three, four dollars you can get. Because yeah. the expensive thing is the 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 guitar, not necessarily the game itself. So. Mm hmm. So yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to play through those games and get get achievements on the Xbox. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Merry Christmas uh, to me. Merry Christmas. Uh, and with that, that'll do it for us this year. We will catch you guys next week uh, when it will be 2023. That just seems crazy. Yeah, I'm not ready so, for that. But it's a whole new year of video gaming. Yeah, I, I I have a good feeling about it. I think it's gonna be a good year. I do too, because Breath of the Wild sequel is gonna come out probably. Yeah, and some I'm other ready. stuff. Spider Man. We could get Spider Man too. Oh man, we could get Spider Man. Oh, we better get Spider Man. Damn dude. What about Wolverine? I don't think we're getting that, but that'd be sick too. I no, I don't think we're getting that in twenty twenty three. But like, when twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, twenty twenty four probably. Oh man, that's gonna be fucking awesome too yeah i don't know anything about it but i know it's gonna be awesome i know we don't even know what it plays like what is it like it's gonna be awesome it doesn't matter it's gonna be like the quarry but you play as wolverine i'd play that i would also play that (laughs) but if i'm just playing him he's gonna murder everyone oh yeah so 100 yeah uh and so yeah with that that'll do it for us this week we will catch you next week and next year Mm -hmm. peace out